If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Happy New Year, everyone. Carol Vassar here, host of the Champions for Children podcast. We're on a hiatus right now, coming back to you with brand new episodes starting January 16th, 2023. Right now, it's a rebroadcast of one of our favorite episodes from 2022. Enjoy. I became a volunteer, actually, at what was then at that time AI DuPont Hospital for Children during my junior and senior years of high school through the child life department. And I can still recall just the comfort and the joy that I felt in that room. It was filled with games and puzzles, toys, all kind of colorful art. And I had the opportunity to play with the kiddos there who were battling serious illnesses. And for those who couldn't make it down to the room, we brought the fun to their room. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that is Nemours pediatric psychologist, Dr. Danica Perry. Dr. Perry was featured in our last episode talking about May as Mental Health Month. And during the course of our conversation, she revealed that her Nemours experience began back when she was a high school volunteer a volunteer, as she put it, at what is now the Nemours Children's Hospital in Delaware. Volunteers have always played a vital role at Nemours. During World War II, for example, they, quote, provided invaluable assistance helping to care for patients as staff left to join the war effort, unquote, according to Nemours president and CEO Dr. Larry Moss in his book entitled Nemours Children's Health, published in 2021 by Arcadia Publishing. From teens to retirees, volunteers are a welcome and welcoming presence for children and their families, donating their time in one of more than 40 different volunteer roles, ranging from clerical to research to child life. For Danica Perry, this and other volunteer opportunities would point her to her life's passion, a career as a pediatric psychologist. Healthcare, it seems, was always on her radar, but being a pediatric psychologist was not. Here is Danica Perry's Nemours story. So I always had this childhood dream of becoming a pediatrician. It was this unrefined yet respectable and admirable dream. That was a goal that I established early on in life. Like many children at that age aspire to become lawyers and firemen and and even basketball players, I stuck to that plan. I pursued my undergraduate studies at Xavier University of Louisiana, which is a historically Black Catholic university located in New Orleans. And that school definitely has been prominent and has a vested interest and focus in reducing barriers for Black and Brown students who have interest in entering medical school. So during my senior year of my undergraduate studies, I recognized, um, wait a minute, I'm lacking a little bit of passion and zeal for the field of medicine. Like, what's going on? And I never maintained, unfortunately, a capacity for any other alternative career option. So, yeah, there was no plan B. 
but that was probably a good thing. I think, you know, destiny was already at play. So I persisted, led by my faith that all things would work together for my good. I faced an unanticipated delay in my journey towards medical school and uh, was accepted into a pre-medicine post-baccalaureate program at Drexel University in Philadelphia. One component of that program involved engagement in some form of community-facing volunteer opportunity. So I eagerly signed up to volunteer at this juvenile residential correctional facility, and I simply was rendered speechless. Listening to their shared life stories, express ambitions and goals, and even the acute awareness of the barriers that they faced. I came in unenlightened about this as a potential career opportunity. And I have to say that it was a light bulb, you know, moment for me uh, when I recognized that this was truly my life's calling. I had never before taken a pivot in my education or considered withdrawing from any type of program, but I felt so convicted and so certain that this was the path that I was supposed to take. I actually halted my studies in that post-baccalaureate program and pursued the credits that I needed to pursue a master's degree in counseling and clinical health psychology. And I could easily say the rest was history, um, but it was a beautiful journey. It was a rich journey full of challenge and triumph, humility and empowerment, barriers and support, definite obscurity at times, but clear direction. And so I'm just so grateful and feel so blessed to be able to do what I know I've been called to do and to do what I love. Let me ask about the juveniles that you met at this facility where you were volunteering. Do you remember any of their stories? Can you share any of those without, of course, going into anything that's too private? What inspired you to really take that leap of faith? Well, I guess I could say that I've always had a drawing to working with young people. My mother is an educator and um, she primarily has worked with high school students. And I spent so much of my time kind of right by my mom's side. And so one way or another, I think it was destined to happen that I was going to be working with young people. And I'm sure there were many other volunteer opportunities that I could have selected from in the Philadelphia area, but I really wanted to have an impact. I wanted to do something that was going to be meaningful in the life of someone else. And so I knew nothing about who I was going to meet with. I had never been in a juvenile facility of that nature before. What I noticed at face value um, was that primarily the girls were of brown and black identity. One of the young ladies I remember was a young mother, teen mom, and had made some choices that she wasn't proud of at that point, but recognized the desire to shift and to make the best for her child. And it just really touched me to hear their passion and their goals that they had, yet recognizing I'm facing, you know, these challenges or these charges, if you will, that I had to overcome. And, you know, what's interesting, as much as I felt compelled to enter the field of psychology at that point, I didn't have an awareness about the impact of mental health and how when it goes unrecognized or untreated or unmanaged, that tends to lead to over-incarceration or more punitive practices, especially for young people of brown and black identity. 
I feel I'm a bit more full circle right now at this point in what I'm doing, but I definitely would say just that passion and desire to make an impact, a meaningful impact in the life of someone else. And you uh, came to Nemours in 2015. Why Nemours? So I was actually born and raised in Delaware, and I'm going to age myself here. But at that time, Christiana Hospital was not in existence. So the primary hospital in Newcastle County was Wilmington General. And Nemours had a different presence at that time as well. It was Nemours AI DuPont Hospital for Children, and the primary focus in the Delaware Valley was on orthopedic care. I'm very aware of the many privileges that were afforded to me growing up. And my aspiration involved, of course, working in a setting where children were the primary focus and that their health and well-being was the main priority. So no surprise that I was drawn to any opportunity that allowed me to learn about caring for young people. I can remember taking a babysitting course that was offered by the American Red Cross, but that wasn't enough. It didn't satisfy my passion. So I became a volunteer, actually, at what was then at that time AI DuPont Hospital for Children during my junior and senior years of high school through the child life department. And I can still recall just the comfort and the joy that I felt in that room. It was filled with games and puzzles, toys, all kind of colorful art. And I had the opportunity to play with the kiddos there who were battling serious illnesses. And for those who couldn't make it down to the room, we brought the fun to their room. And, you know, there were even opportunities where I had what I considered a sacred blessing of being able to hold a baby that was receiving care at the hospital at that time. So as strange as it might seem, I never imagined that I would have the opportunity to return to Nemours to provide evidence-based care to children and families. But on second thought, perhaps it's not so strange because as a Black female teen at the time, no one was eagerly showing me the ropes of medicine, if you will, nor did I know who to seek out because I did not see anyone in that hospital who looked like me and was serving in a clinical role that I was interested in pursuing. My parents had engaged me at length in so many different community-facing organizations, Girl Scouts, Jack and Jill of America, the Forum to Advance Minorities in Engineering. But nevertheless, those opportunities for exposure and proximity to medicine were not readily available. That first day you walked in as a volunteer, what was that like? And compare it to your first day as an associate here at Nemours. Oh, I still remember the entrance of the hospital that first day, walking in as a volunteer. I still vividly remember what my shirt looked like, that white and blue striped shirt. It was a very quiet environment. I was just humbled because I knew that there were children there who were fighting some difficult life circumstances. I felt so humbled to be able to, one, walk in with both of my legs intact my mind intact, and to be able to show up willing to serve. It always made it exciting to show up, to be there. It was always something that I looked forward to. And many of my peers probably thought I was strange at that time to be so interested in something of that nature, but it just was my makeup. And thinking about my first day as an associate, I probably had more confidence, I would say, showing up as a volunteer than I had as an associate, because I think it felt more socially acceptable or common for me to 
as a Black female be in the role of a volunteer or as a helper, but to show up as an associate. I was really, really excited. At the same time, a bit overwhelmed by what I was beginning to enter into. And part of that is being an example and a role model for others who may want to go into the field. Talk a little bit about that. So because I've been afforded the opportunity to really do what I do, to have pursued a career that I felt called to, that I love, that's purposeful and meaningful to me. And because I have that awareness of the different hurdles and sometimes narrow pathways that I had to traverse, it was important to me to be able to create access in a more defined pathway, if feasible, for others that looked like me or for others who just had an interest in psychology or behavioral health services in general. Because even that was a bit novel, you know, given the time that I was growing up in. Psychologists weren't the first career focus that you'd hear young people expressing interest in. And so anytime I hear about someone having an interest in behavioral health, I just get excited. So I thank you for sharing that about your daughter. Um, It just has been a part of my makeup as a professional. So not only providing clinical care, but to ensure that I'm providing mentorship and invested in pipeline opportunities that can really diversify and ensure that we're able to provide comprehensive or culturally responsive care to the community. That's a lot of responsibility to take on. Tell me about your team. I want to know who's on your team supporting you getting this care to the kids who need it, the kids we serve. Sure. And I'm so grateful that you've asked that question, Carol, because by no means do I want to, it to appear that, you know, this is a sole responsibility. And it has been because of the meaningful contributions that some of my senior colleagues have made in my life at Nemours, particularly Dr. Roger Harrison. He was one of the associates who interviewed me. He, along with Dr. Stephen Reeder, I don't know if they were intentional about it, but they really took me under their wing and allowed me to really jump into our focus as a department with the Department of Psychology on diversity. There was that opportunity. I also had the opportunity to be able to learn from colleagues like Dr. Colleen Cullinan. Uh, She works alongside Dr. Roger Harrison in providing a culturally diverse seminar training to our psychology residents and fellows. They also coordinate our diversity and ethic rounds. The Department of Psychology, of course, has grown expansively in the six years that I've been here, and our diversity committee has grown. We have such rich engagement from colleagues in providing bilingual services and ensuring that we're providing affirmative care to our LGBTQT youth. Um, and so I have just have been tremendously impacted in so many ways. I could name so many people, including my clinical director, Dr. Megan Lines, the chief of our department, Dr. Jennifer Penley. We've had some beautiful And I would say life-impacting, courageous conversations. I think as a result, they really encouraged me and empowered me to consider myself as a leader in this space. I spent about a year as the diversity and inclusion advisor for our department. And it was a very humbling experience because when you're doing that work, you never feel like you're doing enough. There's so much that you want to do right. But I think it was so intentional and purposeful for Dr. Penley to, to 
uh, recognize the importance of developing that role so that we can ensure as a division, we have that lens in all that we do. Why do you think that's important? Oh, my goodness. You can't provide good care without it, right? You know, there is no one-size-fits-all person or or method of care despite evidence-based treatment approaches. And so you really have to be able to tailor treatment to the needs of the child, the family that you're serving or you're working alongside. So if you don't come with that lens of of knowing, I may not understand everything that is important to this family, but it's important for me as a professional to enter the room, to enter that space with a willingness to one, understand and to do my homework as much as I can to get a sense of what barriers has this family faced in just coming to this appointment today or how many of their missed appointments could be associated to other stressors in their home or um, in their life, other social determinants of health that are impacting their care. Also, that culturally responsive approach is important as a colleague, right? You know, so it's important that families are able to come into a healthcare center or facility and find someone that looks like them, who they can identify with. There may be differences in experiences along the lines of ethnicity, race, gender, sexual orientation. But if there is that sense of, oh, like I see your badge and I see that you have safe spaces identified outside of the exam room or in the lobby, that creates a sense of belongingness and acceptance. Who doesn't need that in the process of trying to heal, right? I think that's important. And then being able to communicate effectively as a team. We're not going to all think the same. We're going to have diversity of thought and we're going to have diversity of experiences. And so it's important to be able to have an appreciation for diversity and cultural humility. Dr. Danica Perry is a Nemours pediatric psychologist. She serves as the Behavioral Health Program Director of School-Based Wellness Centers in the elementary schools of the Colonial School District in Newcastle, Delaware. Next time on the podcast, we'll talk with Nemours Vice President Dr. Rachel Thornton, who has taken on a brand new position here at Nemours, Enterprise Chief Health Equity Officer. She'll fill us in on that role and her vision for it, what it means to patients, families, and fellow associates, and how this position fits within Nemours' current vision and strategy. Please join us. The Champions for Children podcast focuses on Nemours Associates and their stories. Email your Nemours story so we can work to share it across the enterprise. Send your ideas to podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Thank you, as always, to our podcast production team, Peter Adebi, Allison Kraft, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit for their work on this week's episode. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. The podcast is available on Nemours Net and the Nemours Now app, along with your favorite podcast app and your smart speaker. On behalf of Dr. Danica Perry, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.